0: To the U.S. Fire Journal podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning. Welcome into the podcast. Today, it's Tuesday. October the 12th, 2021, lots to talk about, uh, haven't done a podcast in a bit, am back now, and uh, was out of town for, for a little bit, went back to uh, the East Coast and met up with uh, with uh, some uh, some guys I used to work with, and, and new guys as well, we had a good breakfast at the beach, and then a, a meeting later on with even more firefighters, and just, just great discussions, and hanging out that type of thing uh, lots going on a lot has gone on uh, since our last podcast and the first thing I want to touch on today is the difficulty uh, some departments and around the country are having hiring people and uh, there are many departments that are getting desperate uh, certainly communities are getting desperate because uh, and, and there are a variety of explanations for why this is so. It's COVID, it's lack of money, it's, uh, you know, requirements are too uh, too difficult for, for some. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, you have fire departments that, that are in desperate need of people. And I just want to highlight two. Uh, one you've heard of, the other you've never heard of, I'm sure. But uh, one is the Detroit Fire Department. They're hiring 50 firefighters, and I believe they are hiring... Uh, people who have no certifications, I mean, they're willing to do that. They need 50 people. And, of course, Detroit is a very busy department, and uh, they have uh, had a a host of issues throughout the years um, with administration and and so on and so forth, and and, uh, the department basically being broke and having horrific equipment. Uh, They seem to have righted the ship somewhat Although there are always stories out of Detroit, but that's the nature of a big city that has uh, suffered the economic uh, decline uh, that Detroit has suffered. Uh, Nonetheless, they are hiring people, and if you choose to go to Detroit, you will no doubt get a lot of fire. As to everything else, that's up to you to determine. Another department that was in the news, and I saw this on, on a... On a website that collates the news is a department in Wilson County Tennessee now uh, if you're not familiar with Tennessee there's East Tennessee Middle Tennessee West Tennessee Uh, Wilson County is in Middle Tennessee just to the east of Nashville and most people have heard of Nashville and uh, it's it's a growing county to be sure um and uh, but it still has some relatively rural areas, and, and uh, the agency that provides fire and EMS to the unincorporated county is WEMA, not to be confused with FEMA. It's FEMA, but without the F, and add an add a W. Wilson Emergency Management, and uh, they are uh, needing people as well. I don't know the exact number. But according to an article, they ended up having to uh, shut down a uh, a station at least for a day. I don't I don't know that it was anything past that, but they had to shut down a station in a little place called Statesville, Tennessee, um, and uh, because and I think that the the chief or director stated that um, look, you know, they're having difficulty getting people. And, you know, with COVID and all these other things. And again, you know, I don't care what department it is, um, whether it's, it's the impact of COVID, the impact of salaries, the impact of uh, conditions, whatever the case may be, um, these are not the only two departments that need people. But if you're interested in uh, employment, now, I believe, don't hold me to this, but I believe you have to be an AEMT uh, to be employed at, at this, at WEMA, Uh, you know, and you, I mean, go to their website. That's the best thing to do. Go to their website and and look up the qualifications. And and if you're interested, um, they're needing people as well. Um, So we see this. And to be frank, things are flush right now. I mean, there are. The economy's flush. You know, people are riding high. And what happens after a little while, even with the circuit breakers on Wall Street that that are supposed to prevent the precipitous fall like we saw in 2008 um, with all these circuit breakers, it's still artificially handling uh, a collapse. And look, um, I'm just telling people, just because it's real, if you think that you're making great money right now and that your department is flush and things are on the upswing, Ask yourself some questions. What are you going to do when they're not? What are you going to do when, uh, when and if you have to, or they have to make drastic decisions? It's not that you want to be negative in any way. This is being positive. It requires you to plan a little bit. It requires you to have a plan A, plan B, and plan C. So, wherever you are, wherever you are, think about those types of things so that you don't get caught off guard also in the show notes um, i will put a link to detroit uh, uh, fire department and to wema Uh, i'll put a link to them as well so that if you want to go and look at and peruse them for jobs or whatever you can Um, and again i am not carrying the water for any department with respect to hiring there are many departments out there that hire um you know, I'm just saying these are two that have been in the news in the last, I don't know, 48, 72 hours, and they were two that popped up, and I thought I'd pass it along. One of the things that's that's interesting to me, and now we're shifting gears. Um, when I was back on the East Coast, uh, a place that I just love, I can't help it. Um, but I was back on the East Coast and was talking to firefighters, and I was talking to one. Uh, one guy who's a command staff member at a, at a good-sized department, and um, he's been around for a while. And we're talking about things, and, and we just started talking about company officer development. And he was talking about how their company officers who see, they see, they see a bit of fire, I'll tell you that. They see all kinds of things. And we're talking about company officer training, about how they take their company officers and they train them not to check off a box from the state not to say hey look what we're doing but because they know that the company officers out in the field are the ones who uh, are the decision makers on scene and i really appreciate the fact that and he emphasized company officer training so much and he said they've noticed An absolute uptick in the quality of officers they've gotten since they've instituted uh, this training also for those who want to be a company officer they if if they are in the line if they're in line to to promote up or to be eligible for a test they get to come as well which is also good because uh, good company officers don't become that way by accident and if they do they're not really good anyway right now just joking Um, But it has to be. It has to be a developmental process. And I'm not talking about a 55-step program. I am talking about making sure that these company officers go through real-world scenarios. Real-world. There's a reason that elite uh, combat unit, police forces, firefighters everywhere, there's a reason why they can adapt and overcome to circumstances on the ground. And that's not because they have been told... Um, well, this is the way you have to learn. No, they want people who can think and react. And in order to do that, you have to test yourself. You do. If you're not testing yourself, you're not learning anything. You're just not. Uh, and, And let's face it, with respect to company officers, the proof is in the performance on scene. Yes, you need people who can do things around the station. You still got to do your job. And I say that every time. You know, you still have to do your job no matter what. And your job is not just going to calls. Your job is many, it's multifaceted, it's leadership, it's counseling, all kinds of things. So it's not just going to fires or incidents. But when you get on the scene of those incidents, you better be able to perform. Um, one thing I've noticed, at least. For me in the last 30 years is the absolute upswing in some places of people just waiting to ambush somebody who makes a mistake. And I'm talking about their peers. You get guys who are going for company officer. Oh my gosh, bro. They throw people under the bus all the time. And back in the day, somebody who did that, they got, they got their jaw rearranged. Now, of course, you can't do that. And so, and I'm not saying that that was the right thing to do, although it was at the time, um, this type of backstabbing, you you see it in some places and you don't see it in others. Even though it exists everywhere, it doesn't exist to the great, you know, to a great deal like it does in some places. In some places, it is all over. I mean, it is. Chiefs are stabbing chiefs, captains are stabbing captains, uh... Firefighters stabbing firefighters, all this sort of stuff. And so it makes that that brotherhood, that sisterhood, it makes it hard uh, to develop it in any meaningful way because somebody's always looking to stab someone else's back. Understand that this can only change if there's leadership change. And it takes strong leaders, strong leaders to fix it. And there are a number of ways you can fix it. The worst way is to try to legislate it out. If you have people who are complaining and griping, um, welcome to the fire service. So you can't control that. So people try to legislate it out. Well, you know what? We'll call it a violation of this, and we're going to send them home for you know for four days, whatever the case may be. And what that says is that you don't have any concept of how to handle that. Um, it also says that morale is not as good as you think it might be, and certainly, perhaps not as good as what, uh, what many chiefs tell uh, their political masters. That's another podcast completely, though. Anyway, company officer training and development leads to good company officers. And whether it's at a facility, at a training division, wherever it is, um, it, typically it needs to be homegrown. You know, uh, we see these fire academies, and, and I hear it more and more, more than I ever have. Um, and this is a word that, that I don't use, but they use, these, these academy drones that just drawn and drawn and drawn. And they're, what they're teaching has no real-world application because for them, many of them don't have any real-world experience, not all of them. But there are many in, in certain states and places where there's just no experience, and they're there teaching. They're there uh, teaching these courses, and it looks good on a resume, it looks horrible in practice, though, for for some of them. That's for sure. Um, want to touch on uh, ladder trucks for just a moment. I had an opportunity uh, on my when I was traveling to uh, see a truck company uh, set up. Uh, um, they said that you know, watch these guys um, come in and have them set up, and uh, watch how fluid they are. Okay, I'm standing there watching it. Guys come in, um, man start setting up and going pretty fast. I mean they are. And uh, once they get the rig set up, um, getting the the bucket, and they're up to the roof in no time. And uh, it was great. It was really fast. Have to say that. Only problem was nobody had any gear on. It's training. I get it. So I say to the guy that I've been talking to, I said, you know, what would happen if they had to do it in gear? He's like, oh, no problem. Uh, wasn't a big problem, but it sure did slow down. And I get it. Nobody wants to wear gear when you're training, or very few people do, especially when it's hot. Uh, but real world matters. And uh, one thing that did slow them down, I'll have to say this. Um, the two younger members were on air as soon as they pulled up and they jumped out of the rig, slowed them down considerably. Don't understand why they were on air. Now, they did get a talking to, and, and that's good, but uh, we have to think about this. You have to think about what you're doing, where you are, and how you're going um, to perform. Going on air... While you're setting up the truck, um, is going to slow you down. It's going to suck that cylinder down. Uh, before you make entry, you're likely to need a to need a, a new cylinder. Again, we have to think about those types of things. Um, train realistically, but make it as or train as realistically as you possibly can. It, it's never completely realistic just because there's nothing poking out at you. You know, there's no smoke. There's no neighbors cursing at you. Uh, which many of us are used to. Um, That motivates you to a degree. Um, But nonetheless, it it slowed things down considerably. Um, Think about that, you know, and uh, try to increase your time, but never try to increase, or excuse me, try to increase your speed, but never increase your speed for, uh, you know, falling down or anything like that. Adrenaline will move you at a fire. That's that's what's going to happen. But oftentimes in training, you can't replicate that that adrenaline rush. And uh, but still, it was good to watch. And uh, this this department, their their training officer uh, came down from the northeast, and uh, he's uh, he's working hard. And um, I'm appreciative of it, and I think uh, his people are appreciative of it because uh, he's a he he doesn't worry about your feelings. He's not in this to to make friends. Um, and and he was uh he was in some people's rear ends Uh, and it it was kind of nice to watch because again um, we have to learn under adverse conditions if you can do it when people are on your back people are yelling at you those types of things when you get to a fire the fire's got all the problems you'll ever need and things will go smoother because you're used to high intensity you're used to the pressure and uh it separates uh, It separates uh, single A ball from the majors. That's really what it does. Um, I'd commented, I guess a few weeks ago, on the Orlando fire chief who had uh, apparently struck a couple in a restaurant and how nothing was being done. And to this day, I, I don't know. I checked this morning uh, the Orlando Fire Chief. I didn't see any any updates. Um, I'll keep checking on that. Um, you know, I know some guys there, and I know, I know people aren't happy about it. Um, but we'll we'll keep we'll keep up to date on it. Finally, today, I've I've talked about my buddy who, who went to uh, one of the best departments in the nation. Um, he got hired there. He he has experience. He just went through um, uh, the recruit training, and he graduated, and he's been assigned and uh really happy for him uh, good guy uh, you know knows what he's getting into or knew what he was getting into and understood and uh, basically got his dream job and uh, again very proud of him very happy for him and I gotta tell you uh, he's excited and that's a good thing um, and especially you know you know how excited you are when you when you finish something, you know, you finish, say, recruit school or, or, or boot camp, whatever the case may be, you're excited, you want to get out to to where you're going to do your job and you get there. Um, the uh, get up and go attitude helps a lot. Um, it's a lot better than having to have people put their foot in your, in your rear end and tell you every single time, get up and go do this, no, go do that, no, go do this. It is all about... Uh, being ready to report, and then going and doing the job. I'm happy for him. Congratulations, uh, Jason, and uh, I'll see you soon. That's going to do it for today. Until next time, which is tomorrow, stay safe.